Okay, so tonight we're going to learn uh, Rabbi Rucham's Torah, Parshas Vayishlach, um, and we're going to learn on page Reshid Aleph, starting from Vayidaber Alev Hanara. This is talking about a very difficult parsha in this week's parsha, and that is uh, the parsha with Dina. Uh, very hard parsha to understand. Uh, Dina goes out and she gets chapped by, uh, by Shechem ben Hamar. And um, as a result, they, they, uh, he, has, uh, he has relations with her. And then Shimon and Levi, the brothers of, of, um, of Dina, come and they take her out of the house and they bring her home. It was like sort of seemed like it was a hostage situation, and they went in and they took out Dina and they brought her, they brought her home. So the Medrash says, Rabbi Yudin Amar, Gairin Ba V'yaitzin, Shlehaisa Reitza Latzeis Misham, which means that they schlepped her out. They didn't like uh, rescue her, like they had to break down the doors, and she was like, thank you guys for, for getting me. She was, no, I don't want to go. Uh, I'm very happy. Thanks a lot, you know, Shabbos. Like, and then, like, they said, no, no, we're taking you out, and they pulled her out physically. It's an amazing, amazing medrash, right? That's not the simple way that we understand this Pasuk. It sounds like she was taken against her will, and, uh, you know, they had to uh, do a daring rescue operation, but the medrash gives us a different, uh, sheds a different light on this. So, Birucham says, Miyuchalis Bainain, at Kama Zara, at Kedei Bechila, Haya Bitae Shal Shechem, Besa Shal Shechem, Lebesa Shal Yaakov, Could you imagine the difference between, in contrast between the house of Shechem versus the house of Yaakov? Yaakov in his house was Kedusha, was Tara, there was Ananiah Kavit on top of it, there was Chalas baking in the oven, and there was uh, Ner Dalek, Ner of Shabbos. It was a, it was a Beis HaMikdash. It was Mahamash of Beis HaMikdash, Yaakovina's house. And then contrast that with the way Shechem's house must have looked. There's probably, you know, idols all over the place, and there was, uh, I don't know, Gaiusha music playing, and uh, video games, and uh, Fortnite. And then, and, and you take Dina from a house like... Uh, you take Dina from the house of Yaakov, and now you bring her into a house of Shechem. The contrast is startling. How is it? How do you understand this? That like a girl that comes from such a, a fine from home, the, the base literally she is a base Yaakov girl, literally, and uh, and all of a sudden. You uh, you take her out of that and you put her into some monastery or some you know crazy crazy house and she wants to stay. She's happy staying so much so that she you have to mamish physically like schlep her out. They have to like pull her out by the hair maybe just to get her out of that place. How do you? How does that happen? And what Rabbi Rucham takes from this is a Musidika perception, and that is that you have to understand the Kayach of Pitoy. What does the word Pitoy mean? Pitoy means the, the Kayach of being seduced. 
or being convinced or being slowly brainwashed uh, into uh, accepting a new situation. Ha'omnam ki be'emes plia klolis lanu ech yitachnu kalachatam etzal rishaynim zal ki achere hispainis rayim barush achatayim lo'ayu klal lufi matzam. In general, it's amazing to, uh, when you think of the earlier dairis, how it was possible for them to even do averis. Why? Because these averis were not befitting them. Any, uh, pick any avera in Tanakh. Uh, you know, these people, whatever the avera might have been, but these people were g'dayle ilam. These people were, when we, you know, we throw around the term g'dayle ilam too, too loosely. When we're talking about Ramesha Feinstein, he was a gadol, a mamasha, a velts gadol. But imagine how much, you know, Rabbi Kiva and how much, uh, uh, you know, the Shiftei Ka, Yaakov, Yitzchak, Avram. And sometimes we find in, in throughout Tanakh that, or even through Shas, that people did Averis. And these Averis, they weren't befitting them. They weren't, uh, they, these weren't, people that really, they should have gotten caught up in an Avera. So how did it happen? How, how was it possible that something like with Dina, that how did it happen? How, Dina was, you know, Dina was, Dina was like, she was, she was the daughter of Yaakov Avinu. She was the sister of the Shiftekah. She was a, she was a Kaddish and a Tar. So how do you understand that? Looking back in retrospect, after she was freed from the house, how does she get herself into that matzah that she should want to stay there and have to be pulled out? That's not her. And then he says, and if before we start thinking even about them, let's think about ourselves. Our sins, when we sin, it's not doesn't fit us. If a person does a certain Avera, whatever that Avera is, you pick an Avera. Um, let's say sometimes we, uh, we're nechshol with Shmir Senayim, right? We're looking at stuff on the internet and all of a sudden we have a taiva and we start watching a movie, start watching, we see, look, at, look at pictures that are inappropriate and we're doing it and we're getting into it, we're doing it Baratzen. And the next day we look back at ourselves and we say, how did I do that? Like, what, what, did I, what was I thinking? Like, that wasn't me. I'm Yeshua Bachar, I'm a Bentair, I'm learning, I'm davening, I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I'm over here. And that Avera was like something that like is underground. Like maybe the Khan Ed guys could see when they're digging in the gutters, like such an Avera. But I'm, I'm over here. And how is it Shaykh that, that I should have been Nichshul in that Avera? And Feh, like I'm, I'm embarrassed. How did I do it? And what is the answer? How did I do it? How did you do it? So the answer is that it's true that it wasn't appropriate for us to do it. It wasn't, that was way, way beneath us. But itachin sha'adam maven ezed davar dai hetev ki avlasa bai at ki lefamim mamish nirta l'achar v'afleshama aznai the safe safe who over Allah began matzik atzmai, the kai nichshal v'chayte lishtaim malamara ech zekal ela. How is it possible? Like you can't believe yourself that you were able to stoop so low and to and to go against everything that you that you stand for. You know, we, a couple of years ago we were learning in Eretz Yisrael. 
day and night, we were mamish like steigen, and then we come back to America, and all of a sudden we're, we're back, you know, doing the old stuff that we used to do in high school, and we wonder, like, how did that happen? Like, I was here, and now, like, I'm, I'm not, that's not me, that, that's the old me, maybe, that's not the new me, it's not new and improved, how did it happen? And so Rabbi Rucham says, what we see from this is that there's a very, very powerful force that exists in our world. And we've spoken about this, says Yerucham, many times he's talking to his Talmidim. But we might have mentioned it in passing, we never went with a hydraulic drill to the depth of what is this power that enables a, a good boy, a good Ben Taira, a good girl, to be nichshal and to stumble so, so hard and so far. Hayisaid who, you know what the Yisaid is? Sheesh kayach kazeh, kayach shal pitoy. There is a kayach of pitoy. This kayach of pitoy shall lave mispate. The heart is seduced. The heart becomes very, very uh, slowly, but it becomes, um, it becomes able to, to, to absorb um, seduction. What does that mean? First, Hamar, he didn't, he didn't hop her right away. That's not the Shem Ben Hamar. He didn't just take her you know, into his cave and like, did whatever he wanted to do her. That's not what he did. First, he spoke Alevanar, he spoke nicely to her, he schmoozed with her a little bit, and he complimented her. The Kivan Shukayach Balev, Hinuvade Bilti Saifatachlis. He spoke Alev Hanari, he spoke to her heart. Now, once we're dealing with emotions, we're dealing with a heart, the heart is very, very deep, and the heart is very complex. Ad ki ein shum eitz of a natsum, and you can't even escape it. This is something, once you're dealing with emotions, you go back all the way to Adam Rishon Gaiden Machet. Who is Adam Rishon? I think Adam Rishon was like uh, just a regular guy who, uh, you know, he saw an apple, he saw a fruit and he wanted to eat it and he said, okay, you know, so what, let's just do it. It doesn't work that way. Adam Rishon wasn't, um, do you think Adam Rishon was less than, uh, than the stipler? Think Adam Rishon was less than Chaim Kanievsky. Adam Rishon was the Yitzir Kap of Shalakadosh Baruch He was the handiwork of Hashem. He was the greatest specimen of a human being. An Adam Bikar. He was. He was everything that a human being is potentially able to become. Adam is like he was Misayfayel Matzayfayel when he when he stood up, his head bumped into Shamayim. That's how tall he was, or maybe it was a spiritual height. And when he lied down, his, his head was on one end of the earth and his feet were on the other end of the earth. The Gemara says in Chagiga that teaches you that the distance, if you want to know, you know when you'd bump up to heaven, it's the distance of, of the, uh, the circumference of the earth is the same exact distance as, as from earth to heaven. But Admiration was huge. So how does it happen that you know, he was nichshel. HaKadosh Baruch gives him a mitzvah. He's super holy, super, his neshama is the size of galaxies. And all of a sudden he slips, he says, you know what, I'm hungry, you know, bring it on. Doesn't sit, if you think that that's what, it, what happened, that's not what happened. 
he, his Chachma was supreme. How did Adam Rishon, how was he Nechshel? And the answer is, Aval Nimtza Beleib Kayach Kazeh, She Kishem Nechnasim Devrei Pitoi Beliba Shal Adam, He Nemispate Hu Alev, V'leitaya Laikala Chachma Shabaylam. There is one thing called intellect. I could be a very, very smart guy, but it doesn't matter. If I'm being, if somebody's talking to my heart and somebody's speaking to my emotions and speaking to my lusts, then it's all over. All the chachma in the world will not help. You, you've seen this, you know, many, many times. There are great people. When I say great people, I'm not talking about, about Jews. I'm talking about Gayim that, you know, I'm thinking of a certain president in particular who was brilliant. He was a great speaker, great community, great, great president, possibly one of the greatest presidents in the last hundred years. Brilliant. And he was, not true. And he was, and he was, uh, and he was, and he was nichshol, you know, in a, in a very, very disgusting way. And he mamish pulled the whole country down. It's an interesting story. When he was running against, um, against Bush, Bush Sr., Bush's father. So they asked of Schwab who to vote for. It was, it was Bush versus Clinton. And they asked, they asked Rav Schwab who to vote for because on one hand, Bush was already president and he, he wasn't really a big Ayav Yisrael. He had a, or maybe he might have been a little bit, but his advisors were, a lot of them were very anti-Semitic and they were very hard in Israel, very tough, very like really disgusting against, against Eretz Yisrael. That was Bush. On the other hand, Clinton already before he came into became president, it was no secret that he was not exactly a, a little tzaddikal. He was a very big mushchus. He was a mushchus, and everybody knew it. And it came out even during the during the election season, during the when he was running. There was big scandals that were being being revealed one day after. And they asked Rishab, "Who do we vote for?" On one hand, you have you have a, you have a, a person that's a sign Israel, possibly. On the other hand, you have somebody that's a mushkas who, who, you know, but might be better for Eretz Yisrael because he was a liberal, you know, he was very... So Rav Schwab says something amazing. He says, he says, Eretz Yisrael, you don't have to worry about. Obviously, it's, if, you can, if you can worry about Eretz Yisrael, you, can worry, you should worry about Eretz Yisrael. But it's not our problem. It's not our number one issue to be concerned about Eretz Yisrael because the Rav Hashem watches over Eretz Yisrael. Talmud, Eini Hashem is in control of Eretz Yisrael. I don't have to worry about Eretz Yisrael. But what you do have to worry about, he said, is the, is the moral climate of the country. And if you, in, if, if you vote for, if he becomes president, then he's going to sink the entire morality in the United States of America. And that's something that is very negative to us directly. And he was a thousand percent right, Rav Schwab. You know, Clinton became president, and then I don't know if anyone even knows what I'm talking about, but he did terrible things in the Oval Office. And um, now, President Clinton is not a—he's not a stupid man. President Clinton was a brilliant man. He he like devoured books. He was a history buff. He was he he knew he knew everything. He's he's mamish one of these like super super Ivy League Rhodes scholar, brilliant, brilliant. How does a guy like that fall and is nichshel in a way that he probably could have guessed if he would have thought that he would have been discovered to do? You know, it's not like he, he's not doing something by himself. He's doing something with somebody else, a young person, and it's 
bound to come out. How did that happen? How did, the answer is that he wasn't using his brains. He was using his emotions. He was using his, his passions. And when you're able to, when it's emotions, you could be the smartest person in the world. It's, it's, it doesn't matter. A lot of times, there's a lot of smart people that do really stupid things. And you wonder, like, how did this senator do that? How did this congressman do that? How did this rabbi do that? Like, what happened? How did you, you know, how did something happen? And the answer is that, that brains are not matzah a person from, from Averis. It's a, it's a different department. Halavai, if, we, if, if our brains were able to be shaylit on us at all times, none of us would ever do any Averis. We'd be, as we know, we learn Musar, we go to Baz, we go to Shmuzin, we, we have Musar Seder, we learn Gemara, we know, we know right from wrong. So how does it happen that we're nichshal? And the simple answer is that it's not a, it's not a cerebral thing. The Yitzhara doesn't debate our brains. The Yitzhara debates our heart. And he starts off slow and he says, you know what, you had a hard day today, uh, you deserve a little break, you, have to, you, need a, you need to escape, you know, entertainment, kishmak, you know, you just go into your room and enjoy it, and you know, you, you'll learn better tomorrow if you do that, and tells you a hundred different, and you start, he doesn't right away, he pull you away from a concise and start telling you, you know, but, you know, in the right time, the right mood, and the right you know, atmosphere, and you're upset about something, you have this on your mind, tests and pressures, and then he speaks to your heart, and he says, you know, you're such a good guy, you, you deserve it, and it's, a, you know, whatever, you got your, your, your kaidish in, now you got to get a little chayl, you got to, you got to, you know, balance it out a little, and, and, and before you know it, like, yeah, it sounds good, sounds good, now, but your brain knows that, it's, but the brain is shut off, I shut the brain off a long time ago, I was like, so, so night seder, the brain. Like now, now I'm after nights and I'm back in my room, I do what I want. It doesn't happen, you know, directly. It happens slowly. And he, you know, and it's a pita hale. And the, the heart likes it. The heart could get into it. I, I, you speak to my heart and, I, and this is what happens time after time. It's not, it's, it's a shocking thing in a way. But like you look back after you do an Aver and you say like, that wasn't me. I didn't, that's not, I, I'm, I'm here and that Avera is, is disgusting. Like that's, how did I do that? And the answer is that, that it was beneath us to do, it, to do the Avera. But the Kayach of Pitoy, this Kayach of being slowly able to be, to be wined and dined by the Sahara and to be told it's okay and tomorrow you're going to forget about it, it's not a big deal, and, you know, and, and we fall for it, you know, nine out of ten times we fall for it. And that's a very, that, this is really like an eye-opening Rabbi Rucham here. He says, We see this every single day in our life. How? A person goes into a store. And he's looking to buy a certain type of uh, a certain type of cloth material, he wants to make himself a suit. So Marla Khermani Aschaira, Vizateka Biraisa Machalazavaisa, Im Mitsadyekra Machir, Vim Gamitsan Maraschaira, Kiloi Yafehibainov. I mean uh, let's let's change like the suit because it's like a it's all antiquated. Let's let's talk about um, now we could talk about a suit, right? You go into a store, a suit store, 
And, you know, you try and they say, just try it on. No, no, I don't like the color. We're just trying it on for size. You ever, you ever have that? Like, we're, we just want to make sure you get the right size. But, but do you have a different color? No, but, but we're, just, we're just trying it on for size. So then you put it on. You say, wow, it looks amazing on you. Look at, look at you. You look amazing. But, but I didn't come in to get a white suit. I came in to get a black suit. Yeah, but white, white is really in. I, I know, but I'm a rabbi. Uh, you know, in yeshiva, it doesn't look so good if I come in with a white... Yeah, but Yom Kippur is coming, and there's Sardom in your yeshiva. And besides, there's a big, you know, there's a big... Uh, we're having a huge sale. It's a huge sale. You don't want to, you know, give, give it to one of your Talmidim. They'll, they'll wear it. And before you know it, like, it's, it's something that I came in... I, I would never think about wearing that, but, like, by the t- all of a sudden, I'm, like, I'm walking out of the store holding that suit. This happens with people every time when you want to go buy a, a, a used car. You go into a, a, a lot and this used car salesman comes over to you. What can I have? We're running a big sale today. All right, fine. Like, you know, I'm looking for a certain type of car. and You know, it's very possible you drive out of the lot with a car that was completely something that you never dreamt of getting. You don't even know how to, how to drive like a, a stick shift car. But like he sold it to you because it has a, you know, it has a, a you know, a, it's a convertible and looks really cool. And, you know, you should, that's the kayak of Pito. It happens every day, he says. Persuasive. What? Persuasive. Persuasive, that's the word. Right. There's, there, there are people that are persuasive. And today you don't even need to, to go into a store. Today it's all online. You do all your shopping online. You go into Amazon or whatever, and, and there's different products that are flashing. You know, you go in, and you, you, you weren't even planning on buying that, but all of a sudden, it looks good. It's a super sale. It's like 80% off. You don't need it, but it's such a great deal, and it's Cyber Monday, and it's this and it's that. Boom, and, and before you know it, it's in your car being shipped to you. That's, it's, it's, this, there are people... You know, this is marketing. This is the, if anyone's taking, I, I was a marketing major. And uh, so, you know, that's what it's all about. You just, you know, they, why do you, you go into stores, you know, it's uh, $3.99 for, uh, you know, for, uh, for whatever, for uh, something. You know, what's $3.99? Why don't you call it 4 bucks? No, no, no. Because 4 bucks, you're not going to buy for 4 bucks. You call three ninety nine. Suddenly, it's not four dollars yet. It's a penny off. So, still in the threes. I could do threes. It's cheaper. It's cheaper, and your mind is cheaper. And they, there's a million things they play with your mind with the colors, and they know exactly where to place things on a shelf in in the store, and they know exactly what color to make it and what how the the fonts of the of the product should look. And it's it's a it's seduction. It's just basically. Getting a person to slowly change his attitude and change his mind. You know, if, if you think about it, the first, I, something I read this once that when Coca Cola first came out, it was the most vile product imaginable. Imagine, you know, we're all used, we grew up on Coca Cola. Let's say, let's say we're all used to just drinking water and wine all day. That's it. And all of a sudden I pull out a can of soda or a bottle of soda. You don't know what this stuff is. It's, it's brown syrup, it's heavy, it's super sweet, and it has bubbles coming in. And like, what is this thing? It's disgusting. You know, it's like mama sheep. Somebody pulled it out of a science lab. But, you know, and the first person that drank it, they spat it out, like projectile vomiting. It was like, like it's disgusting. Coca-Cola, what is this? And then, but then they, they did red, and they had a, they had a um, what do you call it, uh, focus groups, 
you know, if you do red and you make it all this and you put nice people drinking it and, you know, enjoy Coca-Cola and it, it, you, you're selling a lifestyle now. Now people, not so bad. I could drink it. It's pretty good. It's not bad. Now it's amazing. That's the Kayach of Pitoy. That's what the Sahara does. That's what Madison Avenue does. That's what advertising is. That's what it's all, that's what life is all about. And we're all very, very easily, it's not very hard to, 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 to scam a person. You know, you see these like Ponzi schemes, very smart people running Ponzi schemes, you know, billion dollar, you know, Madoff, he, he, he ran, like, I don't know how many, how many billions, 50 billion, 60, 100 billion, I don't know how much he, and who is he taking money from? He wasn't taking money from like, the, these were the smartest businessmen, people that could invest millions and millions of dollars in his fund, and they were begging him to take their money. Cause, and he was very smart. He said, no, 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 I don't, I don't, you know, you need a minimum. You want to maybe get some chaver together and, 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 and bundle it all together. Maybe I'll consider taking your money. But really, there's like a $200 million minimum. You want to give me 50 million? You know, you look like a nice guy. I'll take it. He knew exactly what to do. And he was able to get real, the smartest minds on Wall Street and, and Jews and, and, and to, to just give him money, all their money they gave him. Some of them killed themselves when this whole plot was real because they, they had no money left. They just gave him all their money. It's not a matter of brains. It's just a matter of heart. If I feel that I want something, I could easily be sold on anything. You could upsell me on anything. Even very smart people. And this, he says, is the Yisayid and the Shairesh of Averis. This is how Dina... Of all people, Dino was able to be seduced into going into by Dabra Levana. He didn't say, get in here. He spoke nicely. You look very pretty. You look like a sweet person. I, you know, I really like you. You know, she was never complimented like that before. She and 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 slowly but surely she was able to, you know, like him. And and she and she agreed to be to come into the to the point that to get her out, they mamish had to pry her out of there. They had to they had to schlep her. How is that possible? I mean, it would be hard to imagine that happening with a regular Beisiaka girl now. How does that happen with Dina? And the answer is that we're human beings, and human beings have, are very easily persuaded. If you speak the right way, and you're, then anything is possible. And that's why we have to be very on guard from a lot of... We have to be always suspicious of people. Because there's always people that they might look good and they might, they might dress a certain way the right way and they might speak the uh, right way, but they, they are highly dangerous. There are many people that, are, that, that prey on weaker people and they, and they will get people to do what they want. And we see this time and time again in cults, time and time again in financial scandals and in other types of scandals, which we can't even talk about, but... You have to always be on the lookout. Don't be too trusting of anybody because people are sometimes very manipulative and they're able to get us to do uh, what we want. And the greatest manipulator of all is in- internal manipulation. We have our own built-in Yetzirah who knows exactly how we operate, how we think. He knows exactly what to say, when to say it. And to make us think for the, in the moment that it's all good, it's all going to be fine, and just listen to me, and you're, you're going to be happy. And of course, it's nothing but misery afterwards. So this Kayach explains a lot, but it also has to put us on guard. It can't say, okay, now I understand the greatest God, now I, now I know why I'm so, so weak. 
That's good. It's good that you know why you're weak, but now you have to work on trying to strengthen yourself and putting up gedarim for yourself to make sure that you don't allow the Eight Sahara to, uh, uh, to have its way with you. And, and uh, it's not easy. It's, very, it's much easier to give in, but, and it's hard to fight, but part of the, the way that the Muslims farm say to, uh, to fight this is by learning from our mistakes. So if, if Lamasha, we see that, if let's say we're in a funny mood and we know that we're weak and the Yitzhara could easily, you know, could easily try to, uh, you know, have his way with us, so then don't go back to the dorm. Stay in the base matters. Go back to your room only when your roommate is for sure there and make sure that he stays there the whole time because, you know, it's not, it's not good if you're going to be misyached with your computer tonight. And uh, it's not good if you go to this place for, uh, you know, a Matzai Shavuz because you're going to see this, you're going to see that, and you're going to want to do this and that, and that's not a good thing either. And you have to learn, you have to, like, think 10 steps ahead of time, like, what, when am I weak? When am I, when am I easily able to be picked off? And at that time, you have to figure out a way, like, just to stay in, in the public. Don't go into a yichud, don't go into a situation that, that it's going to be, uh, that you're going to be very hard, it's going to be very difficult for you to get out of. You have to try to find the solution before you're in the problem. The Nisayan, the Desler writes that Nisayanis are not one when you're in the heat of the moment. In the heat of the moment, it's too late. Once you're like already there, it's almost impossible to break free. The Nisayan is before you go there, before you, it's like if I go, uh, listen, I'm going now to Manhattan, I'm going to Manhattan, and in Manhattan, I'm going to go to a club, and in the club, I'll, I'll, I'll there, that's when the Nisayan, no, no, the Nisayan doesn't start when you're in the club. The Nisayan starts now, before you go to Manhattan. That's when the Nisayan starts. It's before you, you know, you, you watch the movie. It's before you, that's when the Nisayan should. It's once you're watching something, then it's all over. The game, the game is over. And this is a, a tremendous, tremendous uh, vart that Rabbi Yurchim is teaching us. It's so nageya, it's so true. And, uh, and it's something that we have to give a lot of thought to and understand that if it could happen to Dina, if it could happen to, to, uh, to the Avis, if it could happen to Rishayinim, if it could happen to Achreinim, it could certainly, certainly happen to us. And we have to fight it as hard as we can and see things before they actually come to fruition. Okay, so.